Welcome to a brand new episode of the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Inman, joined as always by producer to the stars and co-host Chris Brito. Down the stretch, we go on this NBA season with the all-star break in the books. Chris and I will explain what has happened to the Knicks, to the Lakers, and break down some of the most interesting storylines to watch the rest of the regular season and the summer. Before we get to all that, Chris, my friend, how are you? Hey, Stevie. Happy to be here in another episode of the All Hoops Podcast. You know, there's a lot to cover with the Knicks, and I think we finally met a breaking point now that the, the Knicks just – I think there's a lot to be left desired for the team. I think we had a lot of high expectations going in. We thought they were going to be a playoff team, and I think it's becoming abundantly clear that the team is nowhere near that. And I think it's a very, very hard truth to swallow, but – it doesn't seem like the team knows that it's it should be tanking for the rest of the season. No, and we've had this conversation before. We probably had this, you know, this is our fifth season of all hoops. We probably had this conversation four of the five years where it's they're kind of in no man's land. They're not good enough for the, the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to get a top pick. And right now they're 12th in the East. They are uh, four games behind Charlotte for the number 10 seed. And you're talking about competing for a 10 seed. You know, you're talking about a chance to get another chance to get the playoffs, to get blown out by the Bucks or Philly. So they're just going nowhere. And it's upsetting to see because there are some young players here. It's some players we really want to see more of. And this was my big fear with Thibodeau, which was he wasn't going to play the young guys enough. He wasn't going to be a developmental coach. And we kind of threw that away, right? It, was, eh, it doesn't matter. He's a great winner. He He's a New Yorker. He, he grinds out games and they once they overachieved last year. And now this is kind of what we expected last year for this year. And they're kind of, it seems like last year was the, was the outlier, right? Not this year. They look like, a, you know, they're back to being a 32 win team. And just you're in the middle of nowhere, no man's land. We were talking about where they are in the lottery standings. Right now they're like seventh or eighth and they have a you know 20% chance of getting into that top four. So Chris, like where should they go the rest of the year? I mean, the easiest answer to that question is they're not good enough to be a playoff team that'll last more than a single round, right? And I think moving forward with this team, you need to start playing your young players, man. You need to you need to have Deuce McBride. He doesn't have to start, but he can get he should be getting minutes just to evaluate what we have on this team right now. And, you know, as currently constructed, you tell me, like, we, we don't even know what we have out of some of these young guys. Like we're just really now starting to play Jericho Sims more and what 10, you know, he plays what 10, 15 minutes. That's only because Noel is hurt too. And, and I think it's such a disservice as this team is transitioning even to the next level to see what you have with these players. Like, I think the most prudent thing is to play these guys and see what they're made of. If they're no good. Okay. Not like, not like with like Kevin Knox, where it literally took three seasons to evaluate what we had in him. Um, and Frank Nielakina as well. So I think it's a big mistake to not play these young guys. And I'm, and I know I'm seeing the obvious, all these, all these Nick fans are saying the same thing. Um, the one bright spot I will say is that RJ Barrett has, has 
clearly gone to another level in his game. And I think while the season has been a bust, seeing him improve right before our eyes, you know, he had what 46 the other night. Um, I think it's just very encouraging because we started out his rookie season, unsure of what we had in him. You said like blasphemous things like, Oh, you wish you had Tyler hero instead of him. Um, I don't anymore for the record. But if you uh, look at Tyler Hero's numbers compared to Barrett, Tyler Hero still has better numbers this year. We don't talk about that. But I, I'd rather have Barrett. But let's not make it seem like that was quote-unquote blasphemous. Anyway, <laughs> I think moving forward, obviously the Knicks need to see what they have in McBride. Um, they should either start quickly or they need to put Burks in the bench. We know he's he's a vet. We know what we have in him. He's not going to be the future starting point guard of this team. It's time to move on. Look, I mean, Burks has been a nice player, and I think he's a very good eighth man on a solid team. And we got into the playoffs last year, and Rose was out of gas. They figured out Randall. Barrett was up and down. Burks was arguably your second best player behind Derrick Rose. You know, so he's still an important part of this team. That doesn't mean, though, we have to teach a 30-year-old backup shooting guard how to be a starting point guard. It doesn't make sense. You know, give McBride a chance. Give him 15 games. See if he's anything. Is he a starting point guard? Is he a backup? Is he a, you know, a defensive guy who can't score? So I just, I don't really get the whole, we have to squeeze out every win we can, which has not helped them this season. And it obviously doesn't help them next season. So my question there, Chris, is should they fire Thibodeau and find a player development coach? I think Tibbs deserves some benefit of the doubt. I think a lot of this season was going to hang on whether or not, whether Derek Rose was going to play major minutes. And I think that really like threw this, threw this team out, right? Out of, out of sync. So I think you head toward next season with him as the coach. I think more important than finding a new coach is having stability. And I think we've lacked stability in this organization for a very long time. And I think right now that trumps finding a coach that could be a player development coach, I guess. Um, I, I still think Tibbs could be the guy. Um, and I think he gets some benefit of the doubt for leading us into the playoffs last year. I just think if this team is going to do anything, it's because of the young players. And that means either those guys get good and become core pieces of this team, like quickly and Toppin and McBride, or those guys are good enough to be thrown into a trade for the next superstar who wants out. And right now you have neither, you know, you can't trade, you know, McBride Toppin and quickly and get a Donovan Mitchell, you know, Bradley Beal, Zion Williamson type player because they, those guys just haven't played enough. They haven't shown that they're legit starting players in the NBA. And you got to figure those things out because, you know, it's not like they can hide those guys and people go, oh, my God, they might be really good. Teams assume that if you're not playing your own guys, it's because they can't play. And I just don't want that to be the case. I think they should just give it a chance. They're not going anywhere this year, as we keep saying. Give these guys some reps. Let's see if any of these guys are keepers for next year because that's where we're looking at now. See, my thing with even McBride, right, I think he is exactly what you're sort of looking for 
in a point guard that can can be a disruptor on defense. Maybe his off his offensive game needs a little bit more refining, but he's the exact type of point guard that we need right now. I mean, even if you were on the bench, I think having someone like him could do wonders. Um, Sims, we've had Nerlens Noel injured for for most of the season, yet we elected to choose, elected to pick Taj Gibson to play his to play minutes that could have gone to to, to um, Jericho Sims. Or Obi Toppin. Or Obi Toppin. It, it, it makes it, 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 I don't see the logic there. Um, but it kind of is what it is at this point. And, you know, the Knicks have lost 15 of the last 18. And so clearly something is not working. It's the same, the same players are playing, but something is not working. So- Once again, the Knicks' success will come down to getting lucky in the lottery. And they have not gotten lucky in the lottery for more often than not. So, I will say, I will say I did miss not I did miss not having the lottery last year and watching it with you, Stevie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that again this year, of course. Uh, let's move on. The Lakers, who don't have a lottery pick, that pick is going to New Orleans, are also really bad. They're in a bad spot right now. LeBron James is basically threatening to leave the team with a year and a half left on his deal. Anthony Davis is hurt again. Russell Westbrook is just a mess right now. I was at the game the other day and, you know, the first, first, you know, two and a half quarters, he had eight turnovers, no assists. And, you know, they lose by 30. They're throwing the ball into the crowd. You see LeBron getting into it with the fans and Chris, can this be salvaged here? They, they've lost 14 of 20. Um, It just really depends on whether LeBron James can mend that relationship with the Lakers front office. Um, I think the reports have sort of indicated there's a thrift, there's a there's a divide right now between Clutch Sports, uh, the group that represents LeBron James and the Lakers front office. And so, if they don't resolve that before the off season or in the off season, I think. I mean, realistically, where can you see LeBron James though? I mean, he wants to be in a big market. Would you see him going back to the Cavs? Would you see him going to play with the Clippers? What I see him doing is spending one last year in in L.A., demanding them use their picks to flip Westbrook's contract for a third guy, maybe a wing who can really help LeBron and AD. If that works and they're successful, I see him finishing his career in L.A. You know, if it doesn't work, I think he's just going to, bounce around you know and i'm curious how this all plays out because now you're talking about he wants to play with his son i've asked people you know is he a guy who is a first round pick is he a lottery guy and they're basically like he was the fourth best player on his high school team this year and he's probably a mid second early to mid second round pick and if you're promised a year of lebron does that bump him up to the lottery? Does it bump him up to the top 20, top 10? So we just got to hear more of like, is LeBron saying, hey, I'll show up in Bronny James's fourth year for my final year? Or is he saying, hey, if you draft Bronny Jr., I will be there right away. And I think those are two very different things that will drastically change Bronny James's NBA future. I sort of hate that for Bronny Jr. because your stock is going to be impacted by your dad. And I feel like, but it can only be impacted in a good way. Will it? 
I mean, nobody's I mean, going to be like, I'm not drafting Ronnie Jr. because I don't want LeBron James. No, that's not why. I mean, it's basically, you know, Austin Rivers went through bullying when he started in the NBA because his dad was a coach. And when he played on the Clippers, he, he was also teased by that by fellow players. So that could, yes, that could definitely so hurt him. That's, so so draft stock, you know, he's going to go from a guy yeah, who's going to be early second round pick to a guy a guaranteed four year deal. I mean, it definitely won't hurt his draft stock, but if I'm LeBron James, I sort of want to stay as much out of it as possible. But LeBron James is one of those few individuals that sort of don't abide by any rules by the rest of us humans. So, but you know, meanwhile, the the whole Lakers. Situation- you saw the ball, the ball brothers with Lavar though. I mean, he was talking all these things, and they're going to be so great, and all these things, and. Both of his talented kids, two of the three, won the top three of the draft. So I don't think it really killed anything, you know, even though they probably got bullied with it too. I mean, the the thing the thinking here is just that Bronny Jr. is gonna have to like he's gonna have to fend for himself in the NBA. I mean, after he gets drafted, because he will get drafted. I mean, it's it's inevitable. Yeah. Um I just fear that it'll be a lot of pressure for him as a young player in, in this league that, you know, is, is cutthroat. It's, it's, it very much is. Um, so it's just one of those things that I, I hope it works itself out, but you know, we're years away from that situation anyway, but I want to bring it back to the Lakers who were blown out by the New Orleans Pelicans the other night. Um, and you were at the game. So my question to you is, there was a lot going on in the game. The Lakers were clearly playing bad. Westbrook had like more than eight turnovers, I think. Is this the point where you realize that the Lakers are just not going to be better than a play play in team? I think we're there. I do. I it's unfortunate right now. They're nine. They are, you know, two, three games up on Portland for the last spot. Right. Um, If you got them in a play in, and you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis invested in healthy. I like their chances of getting to the playoffs, but I just don't see them as a real threat this year. I think I, I don't think LeBron can carry a team for five, six weeks the way he could. And they are free falling and they got to figure out what to do with Westbrook. Do they just send him home? I think I would at this point and their role players just aren't good. <laughs> You know, I mean, Austin Reeves is probably one of their better guys. He was an undrafted, you know, Caruso light type player. You know, they never got a thing out of Malik Monk. I'm sorry, Malik Monk's been okay. They never got anything out of uh, the Heat kid. Uh, I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, you know who I'm talking about. He was with the Heat the last few years, undrafted. They thought he was going to be pretty good. They gave him $5 million bucks. That didn't work. They brought in DeAndre Jordan. That didn't work. They already waived him. Um, I just, their role players just aren't good enough. And if Davis doesn't come back at a hundred percent and play oh, at Kendrick level, Nunn. Kendrick Nunn, thank you. I was going to drive me crazy all day. Um, uh, if you know, this team is, is not good enough. It's unfortunate, but that's just where they're at. And I think they got to regroup this summer and, and find a way to get that third star. I wonder like, could they trade both their first round picks and Westbrook if Bradley, you know, in a sign and trade, if Bradley Beal said, Hey, get me to LA. Could that work? Because to me, that's the only that's the only way I could see the Lakers really getting that third star. 
where you're giving up like multiple picks. Wow. I don't think it's a good enough offer. If you're why like, would Washington? Why would Washington do that after? I don't. They would not do that. I don't think they would either. They would have better offers. Um, but if Bradley Beal says, "Hey, I'm I'm leaving," he's gonna be a free agent this summer. Bradley Beal. I think what you do instead, though, um, try to involve the Knicks. You trade Julius somewhere. Um, we'll take whatever picks in and whatever, and we'll take the salary cap space and find a way to get Russell Westbrook here because it'll be only one bad one year of his contract here. I, I like the idea. Uh, Bobby Marks is bringing it up. Like, you you trade like Fournier, Noel, and Kemba, like you three deals you don't really want, and you get Westbrook and their future 2027 first-round pick. Yeah. Can you do that this summer? I think you could. You give Westbrook his, like, one final chance as a lead guard in the NBA. If he's good, maybe he can carry the Knicks to 40 wins. And if he's not good, he's an expiring contract. You send him home, and then, hey, you know, you're probably a bad team anyway. So I like the idea, and – I would, if I were the Knicks, that would be my plan B behind like convincing Bradley Beal to somehow come here. So interesting stuff. And I can see the Knicks and Lakers being intertwined this summer for sure, um, as they often are. But let's get to our final thoughts right after this. Okay, Chris, final thoughts time here. We're going to play a little game called Boom or Bust. We got a couple of really cool statements. Uh, and you're going to tell me whether they're true or false. Boomer bust Zion Williamson will never play for the Pelicans ever again. Uh, I'm going to have to go with boom on that one. I, I wow. still think, I, yeah, I know. Controversial. I, I think if I'm Zion Williamson and I'm seeing how the Pelicans have improved the team, you know, having 20 point victories over the Lakers and, and really revitalized um, the team with the McCollum trade. Right. Like you could argue that, okay, Zion might be the best player, but, you know, Ingram's like right there and McCollum is like also right there. So are you saying he is coming back? Yeah. I think he is coming back to the Pelicans. I said, boom, he's never going to play for them again. And you said, yes, he's never going to play for them again. So I was confused. Oh, I thought boom was yes. Boom is yes. So, yes, he will play with them again. Okay. The question was, will he not play with them again? But okay. Yep. I'm going to go the other way. I don't think he's ever playing for them again. I think it's a, bu- I think it's a boom. He doesn't want to be there. He's made that very clear. He's always injured. And if I'm David Griffin, this is the best way to save my job. I'm going to say, Hey, I'm trading him for all the picks, all the young players. I'm going to push back my timetable to three years. And I think this is the best way to save his job this summer. I don't think they're going to get a great deal for him either because desperate GMs rarely do, but that's just where they're at. And I think it's going to be a huge blockbuster deal this summer. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to find out what the story was. We may never know. Cause this to me reminds me of Kawhi with the Spurs and we never really figured out why that blew up. Like we never did. Like he didn't trust their doctors or something, but it just never made sense. He played nine games that year after being an MVP candidate the year before. And then they really got, you know, 40 cents on the dollar for him. They got one first round pick, which became, you know, and Jacob Puddle with DeMar Rosen, And like, you would have got three times that if that was, you know, today. And so it's, it's super interesting. And uh, moving on now, 
very good thing from the Bill Simmons podcast where he was very confident that Seattle and Vegas would get expansion teams within the next couple of years. So I'm going to say boom or bust, boom meaning yes, bust meaning no. The NBA will expand in the next five years. I have to go with boom on that one, meaning yes. Mainly because there, there seems to be this growing market for Vegas, which I don't know, like, I think Vegas was cool because it was one of the few places where you could just gamble freely. And it is for a lot of states, so it'll still get, obviously, it'll get a lot of tourists. But I don't know, man. I don't know if that's such a great idea um, in Vegas, but it's inevitable. I mean, we have seen the success that the Aces have had there, the Golden Knights there. Um, I think, you know, having them back in Seattle is obviously a great and popular thing to do. You know, I feel like we see posts on like, um, you know, NBA fan pages of, oh, remember when the team was in Seattle and whatnot. So, you know, it's just one of those things that like you hope um, and it's also there's just so much talent in the league right now. I mean, you could argue that you can make one or two teams built off some of the guys in the, in the G league. So, you know, our league is in a good place where we can add two more expansion teams and be okay. Yeah. I'm going to go boom as well. I just believe there, as you said correctly, there's just so much talent in the league. We haven't had this much talent in the league since like the nineties. And then what do they do there? They expanded. It was a smaller league then. So obviously, you know, you expand and then the talent pool dilutes and we haven't really had an opportunity to expand like that since the early nineties. So I'm with it. I think it's the right thing to do. And everything I hear is it's going to be Seattle and Vegas and Seattle is always choice. Number one by everybody, including people in the NBA. And it's interesting because, you know, they took that team away for a reason. Like, yes, they need a new arena and all these things, but like they took the team away. And basically ever since they took it away, there's been talk about putting it back. And it just, that seems weird to me, but at the same time, I'm with it. Players are with it. And I think them in Vegas would be awesome. So why do you say, why did you bring that up? That there must be a reason why they took it away. Because I thought the, 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 the stadium issue was the biggest issue. The stadium issue is the biggest issue, but when you have an NBA franchise, it takes so much to lose it. So much. It's more than just a stadium, you know? And, you know, I just, that's my thought on that, but We'll have to wait and see. I hope it does happen. I think it'll be a lot of fun to see an expansion draft and see who's protected, who's not, and whatnot. But moving on, Boomer Bust, the Knicks will have a quality point guard next year. I really hope so, Stevie. What about I, – I go boom. All right, I'm going to say boom too. Let's be optimistic. I think, you know, they're free-falling in this draft. Maybe you can fall, fall away to get, you know, Jaden Ivey in the top four. He looks like a John Morant-type athlete as a point guard, and I'm, I'm with it there. He's a, a guy at Purdue, so we'll watch him in the tournament. He's going to look like a real player for sure. And then um, I think there's also a pretty good chance they go after Jalen Brunson. And, you know, he's a CAA guy. You've seen them time and time again go after their own people. And he's one of those guys. I'm not sure if he's a guy who's a huge difference maker, but he would help. And I I like both of those options there. And then you never know how the NBA turns out. Maybe they wind up with Russell Westbrook for all we know. 
Uh, that definitely wouldn't be my first choice. All right, second to last one, Boomer Bus. RJ Barrett will make his first All-Star team next year. Oh, I think that's – I'm going to have to go with Boom with that one as well. Um, it's just the trajectory that he has shown in the past year. He's averaging, what, 28 points in, like, the last few games that he's played. And I'm just really uh, encouraged by the way he's been playing recently. It, he just shows he's an alpha. And he got praise from Jimmy Butler the other night. Yeah. He scored, what, 46 against the Heat? That's a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, that's a huge accomplishment for sure. I hate to be the guy, but I'm going to say bust. And I think it's just the all-star rosters are just so small that it's almost impossible to make the team if you're on a team with a losing record. And I just don't see the Knicks being a team that's going to really contend anytime soon unless – who knows? Maybe they get a G and Ivy and he becomes a superstar overnight. But then we're probably talking about him as an all-star versus Barrett. So I just don't right. see it. My point, my point of contention, though, is that like the, the New York Knicks are just one of the most popular teams in the NBA. You know, R.J. Barrett was was one of the, you know, major selling NBA jerseys. I think it was in the top 20 this year. So the fan support will be there. And that obviously is a big chunk. Well, of the, the fans only really vote on who starts. Right. Yeah. So like he's not going to get picked over like Durant and Giannis and those kind of, I mean, you never know. Obviously I mean, you never know. You're uh, right about that. I would just say that Knicks fans tend to be irrational. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I hope you're right. I would be cool to see, especially as a guy in his early twenties. Right. So if he's um, averaging like 30, 36 points. <laughs> okay. If he's averaging 36 <laughs> points, the Knicks, we will demand on this podcast all year, Nick fans vote him in. But if he's averaging, you know, 22 points a game on shaky shooting, he's a, he definitely looks better. But I don't know if that gets him in unless the team is over 500. So, you know, I like what I'm seeing. At the same time, he's shooting 41% on the, on the season. That's actually worse than last year. Like, let's pump the brakes a little bit because I think he's going to wind up being a borderline all-star next year. But – Let's 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 see it happen because I, we've done this before with guys and he's got to get the shooting up. He's got to do better at the free throw line. I just want you to admit one thing that you hate the Knicks. Just say it. I do hate the Knicks. I do hate the Knicks. They've caused me enormous pain and suffering. And I it's a very love hate relationship and nobody wants them to succeed more than I do. But I do hate the Knicks. OK, last one. Moving on from that. Harden and Bede. We saw them over the weekend at the Garden. They're the best duo in the NBA right now. Oh, I'm definitely taking boom on that one. And I think, and I don't think it's even close right now. I can't, I can't think of anybody in the NBA that's better than them unless you want to go, I don't know, John Morant and whatever guy is on the team. But Jaron Jackson. No, I, I think you're right. I think it's Harden and Embiid. You can make the case for KD Kyrie when KD's healthy. Look, but... Maybe Levine uh, to Rosen. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Embiid and Harden too. I mean, if you saw them the other day, they hunt fouls. They're just so dangerous. You can stagger their minutes. So you always have a star in the court. Mm -hmm. I just think they're about to take off. And I think right now I would put them as the team to beat in the East. I really would. Mm. Okay. I'll take boom on that one as well. Love it. Love it. All right, Chris, is there anything else you have before we wrap up the show? No, buddy. I'm just hoping uh, the rest of the season goes by quickly so we can get into the playoffs which is a, our favorite time of the year yes it is and that is going to do it for us here at the all who's podcast thanks to chris thank you for watching on youtube or listening to the podcast and we will talk to you soon bye everyone